Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. To hear more sermons and to find out more about our church, please visit SugarHillChurch.com. When I was a boy, my favorite TV show was Daniel Boone. I dug me some Daniel Boone. He had that coonskin hat on. He had that long rifle. He could shoot a red coat from four miles away. He was bad to the bone. Any man that could be that cool wearing tights must be cool. Daniel Boone had his wife, Rebecca, and their little boy, Jeremiah. And they lived in a log cabin inside the fort. And inside the fort was where they were protected and guarded and cared for and fed. But every day, it seemed like Daniel and his sidekick would leave out of the fort and go fight bad guys. And the stuff they got into blew my mind. I wore a coonskin cat cap everywhere. My mother thought I was seriously messed up. Third grade, I snuck my Daniel Boone hat to school and wore it on picture day. Bam. Could I just say to you, if you're a child, don't do that. The consequences are severe. The beatings that ensued were just not right. But me and Daniel, we were tight. I had a gun, a play gun, that looked like Daniel Boone's gun. And when you shot it, it sounded like the rifle went off and then the bullet ricocheted off a rock. I guess they assumed I'd miss every time. So when you shot it, it would go, pouting, pouting. Do you know how many poutings I shot around my neighborhood? I shot everything you could shoot. Now, don't get me wrong. Nothing came out of it. It just made a sound. But in my heart, I was killing redcoats. I was taking them out. I mean, they had no hope. But I noticed Daniel... At the end of every show, Daniel would wind his way back into the fort and they close the doors. And you, do you know why Daniel came back into the fort? Because in the fort, he could rest and he could be nourished and he could be with those he loved and he was cared for and he didn't have to fight anymore. Because in the fort, he was safe. You know what the analogy is here, right? God looked upon you and I and said, you need a place to run to. So I'm going to give you an oh, holy night. Oh, night divine. And I'm going to build in my son Jesus a fort you can run to And every time you come to the doors, 
God says, I will open them wide and let you come into my fort where there is peace and blessing and nourishment and hope. Or you can stay out there fighting bad guys all day, every day until you just become another bad guy. You pick. Have you ever heard somebody say this when you said something? I don't believe that. There's no way. You're kidding. You've got to be stinking kidding. No possible way. Have you ever heard that? You ever said that? Yeah, yeah. Did you know the first time I ever went to a Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum, I was 17 years old in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Think about it. How many of you have been to a Ripley's? We paid for that. Loser. Robert Ripley created a series of comic books, books, a television series, and these museums who are still open around the globe, and people still pay for Ripley's, believe it or not. Now, he had the weirdest stuff up there. That's one of our deacons. And... um. Well, one of the younger guys. And so I always, always creeped out by the dude with the long fingernails. Is that, is that, am I the only, just, that's just gross. You know, just gross. And so I walked out of that one in Gatlinburg, the painted potato box capital of the world. And, and I thought to myself, okay, that's just weird. But you know what's interesting? Robert Ripley never once claimed all that was true. That's why he named it Ripley's Believe It. You say it or not. Believe it or not. Now, here's what's interesting. In our world today, if you listen to enough television and read enough books, you will hear this message kind of going across the globe today. And that is this. You know what? We all kind of wind up in the same place. We're all on the same path to God. We're all, you know, we're we're all God's children. We're we're all, it's all going to work out. I mean, do we not hear that everywhere we go? The world is gray. There's no real truth. I mean, you know, you look at that and you realize, wait a minute, how did that happen? How did we become mindless morons to believe that there is no truth? How did that happen? Because we took our brain and we parked it over here and we let somebody tell us where the fort was instead of finding it ourselves. And a long while, what we find is this. You get to pick this Christmas, believe it or not. Now, if you've got your Bibles, find in Matthew chapter 11. If you don't, you can follow with us on the screen. I would encourage you to um, to, to grab a Bible. I know many of you use an iPad and, and an iPhone, and I do that a lot too. Uh, matter of fact, most of my sermon preps on an iPad, and sometimes I preach from it. But I, there's something about holding a Bible that I just encourage you to do. And in Matthew chapter 11, we find this story about where uh, John the Baptist is in jail. Jesus is preaching in Galilee. John the Baptist is there in prison. John hears about Jesus's ministry. Now, remember, John is there to pave the way for Jesus, the coming Messiah. He hears about all that Jesus is doing. And while he's doing that, he sends, while he's in jail, his disciples to go see Jesus to figure out what's going on. 
Okay. And, and, and so look with me in verse number one in chapter 11. When Jesus had finished introducing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now, when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, by the way, notice that it's not of a Christ, but the Christ. He sent word by his disciples and said to him, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them. Now, this is big stuff. This is the words of Jesus. He says, go and tell John what you hear and see. Jesus didn't tell him, hey, just kind of make it up as you go. I tell you what, go to Barnes and Noble and pick up four or five self-help books. Tell you what, go, 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 go listen to, to Dr. Phil. He said, what? Look, take a look, listen and see. And then go tell John what, what you've seen. And then listen to verse five. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised up. You remember last Sunday when we sang that song? The lame will walk. The blind will see. And in that chorus, you sing it time after time. And before long, like you're, I mean, before long, it's like you're chanting, lame will walk, blind will see. You guys are just rocking with it. You know, you think that's just a song. That's scripture. You're just singing scripture back to Christ. I mean, that's what you, you know what I love about Hector and our team? They're not here just singing popular songs. They're singing scripture. I mean, when we're up here and we're, we're singing Jesus. When you're out there singing, you know what our desire is? That you can see and you can hear what God is doing. I look around and I see what God is doing in the midst of this church and in your life and in those hundreds of families that have been cared for and ministered to and those in those kids' lives at Haiti this past week and, and all the places we'll go and see and do in 2014. And I think to myself, just look and see and then go tell somebody about it. Jesus looks at John's disciples and said, dude, look at what's going on and then go tell them about it. Last week I mentioned, you know, here's one of the things you can do if you want to live in this life and you want to receive all the guys. Go tell somebody about it. I won't embarrass you by asking you how many of you invited somebody to come to church with you just to be a part of that. But just think about this, what Jesus said. Jesus said, look and see and then go tell him. Look and see and then go tell him. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. And as they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way for you. At the close of each service, when I have that little blessing and I say, he will go before you and make a way, he will go before you and make your crooked path straight, I'm not quoting a poem. I'm talking about what Jesus will do. I'm talking about a Christ who literally will say, on our way, trying to find our way back to the fort, trying to get back inside the blessing and the will and the goodness of God, trying to get back into an obedient life that God can bless so that we might be blessed, God comes along and says, I will make your crooked path straight. Now, to understand that, we have to understand what it would be like to be lost in the wilderness. And so if you're out there, outside of 
the fortress outside of the, of the fort of God and you're lost and you don't know how to get back inside the goodness of God, inside the grace of God, inside, you know, the, the protection of God, inside the mercies of God, be obedient and get there. If you don't know how to get there, what God promises, what Jesus promises is this. I will be a lamp unto your feet. I will be a light unto your path and I will shine a light that you can follow so that you don't go left, so that you don't go right, so that you can find a straight way to my blessings and be blessed. You say, well, Chuck, now that I want. Well, that's the message of Christmas. Jesus came so that you could be blessed. Jesus came so you could have a light back into the fort of God's goodness. You look at that and say, well, Chuck, what is there to really, I, I don't get it. Okay, well, well, stick with me. Number one, Jesus says that he's the real deal. He says to John's Messiah, John's disciples, go back, tell him, I am the real deal. Look at what you've seen and heard. And so what do they do? They go back. I mean, in, in, in verses two and three, John hears about Jesus. John sends his disciples. Verses four and five, Jesus tells John's boys, go back and see, I am the Messiah. And then he gets to that second lesson that says, God blesses those who walk the talk. Now, now I find this interesting. I really do. We are a both blessed and messed up people. We want all of God's blessings, but we tend to want everything our way. So sometimes we go outside of the fort of God's blessing, and we choose to not be blessed. Now you say, well, Chuck, that makes no sense. Well, I, I have kind of a, a string of people who book appointments with Beth who kind of come through my office day after day. Beth's back there. She can, she can attest to my calendar stays full. All right. So I have, I have men and women who come in and they'll sit. Most of them men will sit there and, and inevitably they say something that sounds like this. My life is a disaster. Okay. And, and I, I think to myself every time I hear that, and you pick me to help you? I mean, the pot, kettle, hello, right? But I eventually get to this concept where I'll ask him this. What do you think you ought to do about your challenge? And it's usually, I, I, I don't really know why I'm here. To which I'll usually say, oh, come on, that's a bunch of bull. You know exactly what to do, don't you? I'm not going to let you off the hook. What do you think you ought to do? So if you come in for a counseling appointment, no, I, that's the kind of mercy I'm going to share with you. What do you think you ought to do? And eventually, I'll have a guy like, like told me this week. He said, well, I think I ought to do this and this. Really? How cool is that? Okay. So you do know what you ought to do. Well, yeah. But, oh, okay. Well, what do you think God wants you to do here? Oh, I don't, I don't know. God, I don't know. I don't know. So then I asked them a question. So do you know that Christ is your Savior? Has there ever been a time where you've asked Jesus into your heart? Have you ever asked him to forgive you your sins? Has he ever become your Lord? And you know, more often than not, they'll say, yeah, and they'll tell me about how they became a Christian as a teenager at a youth camp or at a vacation Bible school or in a Billy Graham crusade or here at church or something. And I'll say, oh, okay. So now when you became a Christian, you believe the Spirit of God entered into your life and he's there to be your counselor and give you direction. Is that true? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So what do you think God wants you to do about this? Oh, I don't know. And I said, that's bull. You know what God wants you to do. 
You know what you ought to do. You know what God wants you to do. Because inevitably what it is is, well, I know what I ought to do. and I know what God wants me to do, but... And whatever's on the other side of that three-letter word, but... Whatever's on the other side of that, eventually here's what we get to. So in other words, you like that or you love that more than you do the blessing of God that comes through obedience to, to Christ. Is that right? Whoa, no, whoa, no, 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 no. You don't understand, Chuck. It's really? Yeah, but yeah, but Chuck, what, what, what's on the other side of but? You, whatever that is, you love more than this. Oh, okay. You know what Jesus is saying in verse 6, God promises to bless those who believe and place their faith in him. In short, if you want God's best, live for him, obey him, trust him. Not but. You come here today and you say, but Chuck, I'm not the one that got out into the wilderness. I just I, Life got me there. Okay, here's the good news. He is a light and a lamp that if you will follow it, you'll get back in the fort. And he promises to always open the door for you. Look what else happens. God promises to bless those. Did you hear that? He promises to guide and direct the lives of those who believe in him. The real question is, are you in the camp? Believe it or not. Do you want to be blessed? Believe it or not. The third lesson is if we're to be blessed, blessings always follow obedience. Did you get that? Blessings always follow obedience. God doesn't force us to believe or follow him. He's given us this free will to go outside the fort, stay off the fort, be out of the fort. He lets us do that. And in our wandering and in our mess, whether somebody led us there or whether we got there on our own, he says, but if you'll call on the name of the Lord, I'll give you a lamp, I'll give you a light, and I will direct you back to the fort in a straight path. And that's what you do to be blessed. You say, well, Chuck, I want to be blessed. But I don't know what to do. Okay, what do you think you ought to do? Yeah, well, check out. I don't. I don't want to have to think about that. I mean, I just want to keep things like they are. Okay, really? I, I don't think a single person woke up this morning, looked in the mirror, got ready to come to church, and said, "You know what? I don't want today. I do not want God's blessing." I don't think a single single one of you said, "I'll tell you what I want. I did, I, did, I don't want any blessing at all." That's like somebody buying a lottery ticket and saying, I hope this is a bad ticket. Well, it just doesn't happen, right? So Chuck, what do I do? Well, in the middle of this Christmas season, you've got one very easy decision to make. Be blessed or not. You got very, very easy. Choose Jesus or not. Receive his peace or not. I mean, you see, for those who do believe and surrender their lives, he promises to be a light, to be a guide, to be a direction back inside the fort of his goodness and grace and be blessed. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 puts it this way. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways submit to him and listen to this, and he will make your path straight. Let him go before you. And always make a way. Let him go before you. Make your crooked path straight. God's blessing means that we receive God's grace. We live under his care. That his grace and his mercies are new every day. That he can't wait to open the doors to the fort and invite us back in. You say, Chuck, I want that. How do I choose to be blessed? 
Well, grab pen, pen, pencil, lipstick, or mascara. Let me give you a few of these thoughts. All right, you ready? Number one, God blesses those who put their faith in Jesus, the Messiah. You say, well, Chuck, I, I need help on that one. Okay, Jeremiah 17, 7. Just write down the reference. Jeremiah 17, 7. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord whose confidence is in him. You know what I love? I love knowing that I know that he's my Lord. Do you know how I know something, not just learn it? I learn something in my head. I know something in my heart. You know what I know in my heart? He died for me. He rose for me. He's coming back for me. And he's made a home in heaven for me. And you know what my desire is? That you know him too. Not that you learned about him today, but you know him. God blesses those who put their faith in Jesus. God blesses those who follow God's word, his word. You say, what's the word? This, the Bible. You say, well, Chuck, where do you get that? Jot this down. Proverbs 8.34. Blessed are those who listen to me watching daily at my doors and waiting at my doorway. Do you remember what Jesus said? I stand at the door and knock. And what's our job? Answer the door. Answer the door. God blesses those who put their faith in Jesus, those who follow God's word, and those who serve others. I mean, this season when you're wondering about well, all this we're trying to do and all we're trying to why? Because I believe God blesses that. You go get those gifts, you go help those families, you go make a difference. Why do that? Because I believe God blesses that. I know we're meeting a need, but I want you to receive the richest possible blessing God has for you in obedience. So where do you get that? Acts chapter 20, verse 35. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself when he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You say, well, Chuck, that, that's all well and good, but, but what else? God blesses those who stay the course. God blesses those who stay the course. I, I like to look at it this way. It's a long obedience in the same direction. It's a long obedience in the same direction. I heard an old preacher say one time, you really want God's blessing? You get in a spiritual rut and stay in it. Chuck, where'd you get that? James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Believe it or not, he wants to bless you with his best today. Believe it or not, he wants to open wide the doors of the fort for you today. Believe it or not, he's chosen you to be blessed this day. All you got to do is let him open the door and walk through. Pray with me if you would. Lord Jesus, on this day, I pray we would be blessed. On this day, I pray we would allow you to swing wide the doors of the fort and we would hear from you and know you and see you and answer you. May we be blessed this day through our obedience, through our trust, and through our faith. Lord, there are folks here today who've never said, Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. So in this time, in this, this hour, God, if they've never walked into the fort of your goodness and received your grace, God, I pray they would cry out and say, Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. I pray they accept your death and your raising from the dead as the payment for their sin. And I pray they turn their life around and choose instead of living for them, they live for you. And they call you Lord, owner, boss of our life. And we cry out, Lord, I need you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.